predicting Alzheimer's with a number of markers. Routes of drug use and people that die of a drug overdose. The safety of telemedicine abortion. And a new therapy for autoimmune diseases. That's what we're talking about this week on Double T Health Watch, your weekly look at the medical headlines from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center in El Paso. I'm Elizabeth Tracy, a Baltimore-based medical journalist. And I'm Rick Lang, president of Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center in El Paso, where I'm also dean of the Paul L. Foster School of Medicine. Rick, why don't you pick your choice? This is a recent report in Morbidity and Mortality Weekly, and it's titled The Routes of Drug Use Among Drug Overdose Deaths from 2020 to 2022. And it's a sad state of affairs to report that there have been more than 109,000 drug overdoses in the U.S. in 2022. Nearly 70% of those involve synthetic opioids other than methadone. Primarily, we're talking about fentanyl and fentanyl-laced drugs or analogs. The drug ingestion route for fentanyl and those causing drug overdose changed substantially. What they determine in these almost 110,000 drug overdose deaths is that the ones that due to injection decreased by about 30%, whereas the percentage with evidence of smoking increased almost 75%. And now smoking, not injection, is the most commonly documented route of use in overdose deaths, with, again, fentanyl and fentanyl analogs being the most common drug used. I was able to interview yesterday one of my colleagues at Hopkins, who's the substance use disorder expert on this very data. He educated me because he said we shouldn't just say smoking, because some of it, sure enough, is heating it and then inhaling the vapors. But there's also a significant amount of what amounts to snorting it that is also taking place and that's contributing to this. And he said there is a wide circulating myth on the street that somehow that this method of administration results in fewer overdoses than injecting it. And he said that's a myth that we have to dispel. Respiratory failure is respiratory failure, and you're still at risk for that regardless of your method of administration. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to highlight that point. But before I do, these investigators looked at four different ways of drug ingestion. They looked at smoking, as you mentioned. They also looked at snorting that you mentioned. They looked at injection and then also ingestion. And among those, the one that took off is smoking. There's a perception, there's a reduced risk of overdose if you're smoking, and that's not the case. There's also the misperception that you can regulate the amount of drug that you're ingesting. It's cheaper. That's why there are more people smoking than injecting it. Right. And you mentioned something that he also reiterated yesterday, this notion that those who smoke it or snort it or use methods other than injection, these drugs are so cheap, Rick. It's unbelievable. A dose for a buck. So if you have to ingest it more often or smoke it or inhale it, so what? It only costs a dollar. So that's also a part of the calculus that has led to this massive increase. Yeah. Let's turn now to nature medicine, and this is the effectiveness and safety of telehealth medication abortion in the United States. This is the California Home Abortion by Telehealth, or CHAT, prospective study that follows pregnant people who obtain medication abortion via telehealth from three virtual clinics operating in 20 states and D.C. between April 2021 and January 2022. These people were screened using a standardized no-test protocol that primarily relies on their medical history. 
they looked at effectiveness defined as complete abortion after the administration of 200 milligrams of mifepristone and 1600 micrograms of misoprostol or lower without additional intervention. Among 6,034 abortions, just shy of 98% were complete without subsequent known intervention or ongoing pregnancy after the initial treatment. Overall, 99.8% of them were not followed by serious adverse events. In total, 0.25% of patients experienced a serious abortion-related adverse event. 1.3% of abortions were followed by emergency department visits. They compare this with previous data that's out there. It compares favorably, and they basically say it's safe and it's effective. What this study shows is, in fact, it can be done. It doesn't increase the risk to the mother. Elizabeth, talk about circumstances where this might be in the best interest of the mother or in other circumstances. That's a soft toss, so thank you for that one. Clearly, as abortions being restricted in many more states in the United States, it benefits women who are in places where it's restricted. Also, women who are in rural areas or where significant travel is required, regardless of whether their state has restrictions on abortion or not. And younger populations and those who want to preserve their anonymity also benefit by the provision of this service by tele health. I was introduced to something very new to me here, which was synchronous versus asynchronous intervention with the clinic. And what they meant when they used this terminology was that either you had a telehealth visit with the provider or they did it via text message. Sure enough, they found that the asynchronous or text message intervention was every bit as efficacious as the one that involved a face-to-face or a synchronous intervention. It just sounds like, yep, we can reduce barriers for women who are seeking abortion with this strategy. Yeah, things about this study that are different than other studies. It was a no-test situation. It looked at synchronous versus asynchronous. This lines up with previous studies. Right. Finally, let me just note that their follow-up rate was 74%. And this is similar or higher than other studies that have looked at this kind of population. And that is of concern to me because I feel that women who experience an unintended pregnancy also need to be offered family planning services so they can avoid these kinds of circumstances in the future. And if the follow-up is not robust, then that's going to create circumstances where this could happen again. Yeah. As these services become more stretched or unavailable for the reasons you mentioned, rural conditions, or the fact that the states that allow abortion are overwhelmed by requests from mothers in different states, this information, knowing that this is not an unsafe practice for the mothers, is incredibly important. Let's move on then to the New England Journal. I teed this up as a new therapy for autoimmune disease, diseases in which the body attacks itself. The unifying feature of all of these is that something has sensitized the body to proteins that are in different organs. Our immune system attacks these organs. They're typically treated oftentimes with steroids or drugs that try to deplete the cells that make the immunoglobin. These are called B cells. What these investigators did in 15 that had autoimmune disease, they applied CAR-T therapy. We take out their T cells, we genetically treat them, and they gave them a single dose of CAR-T therapy. And they follow these individuals for two years. In all individuals, they had a response that lasted for two years. Immunotherapy was completely stopped in all of the patients, and the patients had no severe side effects. 
CAR-Ts, of course, very interesting. There's a number of other strategies that are similar that are significantly less expensive. That, of course, is the question with regard to employing this more widely in autoimmune disease in addition to cancer. This is the first time we've had a single-dose therapy that's been effective in curing an autoimmune disease. Now, Elizabeth, you're right, it's expensive. How expensive is it? Well, in the neighborhood of about a half a million dollars, like all new therapies, it will get less expensive. It gives us some additional insights into the mechanisms to allow us to develop new therapies and to develop less expensive therapies. Plus, I think there's going to be modifications even to the CAR-T strategy just by itself. Yeah. Remaining in the New England Journal of Medicine, biomarker changes during 20 years preceding Alzheimer's disease. It's really rather remarkable, I thought. This is a study that took place in China, and I'm going to respectfully suggest that it's probably the only place or one of the only places where it could have taken place. They enrolled a bunch of people in the China Cognition and Aging Study from January 2000 through December 2020. They had testing of cerebrospinal fluid, so they had to undergo lumbar puncture as a part of this, cognitive assessments and brain imaging at two to three year intervals. A total of 648 participants in whom Alzheimer's disease developed were then matched with 648 participants who had normal cognition. And then they looked at the trajectory of the CSF biochemical marker concentrations, cognitive testing and imaging in the two groups. They looked at what I'm going to call the usual suspects when it comes to looking at Alzheimer's disease. Amyloid beta, two different types of amyloid beta, 42 and 40 for the cognoscenti among us, phosphorylated tau, total tau, neurofilament light chain, hippocampal volume, and cognitive decline. What they found was that they could discern a difference in these trajectories first in the amyloid beta 42, 18 years previous to diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease, the ratio at 14 years previous to diagnosis, the tau 11 years, total tau 10, neurofilament light chain 9, hippocampal volume 8, and cognitive decline 6 years previous previous to the final diagnosis. Also really tantalizingly, they noted that these changes in the CSF biomarker levels in Alzheimer's disease group initially accelerated and then slowed as the disease became manifest. So God bless these Chinese participants for becoming a part of this study and enabling this rather invasive kind of testing to take place with them over this very long period of time. The authors themselves note that one of the major limitations, all these folks were of Han Chinese ancestry. Does that extrapolate to all of the rest of us who don't enjoy that lineage? That's a good question. We're certainly coming up with a lot more markers that predict Alzheimer's disease that are accessible in the blood. So I'm wondering about the long-term efficacy of looking at these markers. Elizabeth, as you said, this is a real tour de force study. You mentioned the fact that it is in just a single population. If you compare this study to what's been looked at in people that have a familial history of Alzheimer's, you see very similar changes over about the same time course. Here's where I think the rubber meets the road. By the time we start treating Alzheimer's, it's been going on for 14, 15, 16 years already. It should be no surprise that what we're treating at that point, the cow's out of the barn and we may not be as effective. And what we may need to do is back our, our treatment very early on. 
Exactly. And this is also going to be dependent upon having an effective treatment for whatever the exact dysfunction is that's going on at that point. And I'm going to pose a question to you. If I said to you, hey, Dr. Lang, I've got a way of discerning if you're at risk for developing Alzheimer's disease, I need to do a lumbar puncture and I'm going to do PET scanning on you to look for all of these different things. And then maybe I have a treatment that might be helpful. What would you say to that? person would say is, I think it's worth looking at. Here's where I think it's going to be difficult. So let's say you and I decide we're going to do this randomized trial. We need to do it as soon as we detect these changes, but the manifestations don't occur till 18 years later. So we're talking about doing a randomized double-blind study that lasts for decades. This is not going to be an easy problem to solve. On that note then, that's a look at this week's medical headlines from Texas Tech. I'm Elizabeth Tracy. And I'm Rick Lang. Y'all listen up and make healthy choices.